Our first reading this morning comes from the book of Exodus, chapter 16, verses 2 through 4, and then jumping over to verse 9 through 15. Listen now to this word from God. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we had sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day, and in this way I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. Then Moses told Aaron, say to the entire Israelite community, come before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. While Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked toward the desert, and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in the cloud. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening, quail came and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. The word of the Lord. Our second reading this day comes from John's Gospel, the sixth chapter. This is the beginning of what is commonly referred to as the Bread of Life Discourse, a series of verses where Jesus unpacks what it means for him to be the bread of life for all of us. So friends, I invite you to continue listening now for a word from God as we hear these verses from John chapter 6, beginning with the 24th verse. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and they went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered them, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which is the Son of Man, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then the crowds asked Jesus, what must we do to do the works that God requires? And Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one who he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, for as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. 
And Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. And then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Friends, this too is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today's sermon is titled, Good Food. Will you join me once more in prayer? Good and gracious God, send your spirit now. Send your spirit that it would fill not only our bellies, but also our souls. That we would be nourished for these wilderness times. That these verses of old would speak fresh life for the living of these days. Indeed, O God, we pray these things to you, for we know that with you all things are possible. O God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts glorify and please you. For you and you alone are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I remember hearing someone recount a conversation they once had with a cattle rancher. The cattle rancher was talking to them about the fact that there are only two ways to keep your cattle in. The first, of course, is to build a fence around the property that you have your cattle on. This is a strategy that in certain parts of our country we can imagine would require quite a bit of fence. And so the rancher explained, but there is a second way, a better way, in my opinion. Instead of having fence, all you really need to do is have a really, really good food source. Good food. What is it Jesus says here? I am the bread of life. You know, by this point in John's gospel, I think the crowds that have been going around following Jesus and the disciples are starting to realize that Jesus is a hard character to pin down. He is not someone who is very easily contained or fenced in, if you will. Just in the verses leading up to our passage today, Jesus has crossed the Sea of Galilee not once but twice. He's walked on water, something that goes beyond the bounds of our normal comprehension of how things work. Indeed, in the verses right before this passage, he has fed 5,000 people, 5,000 from five loaves and two fish. Jesus is not one who is easily explained. These crowds are coming to understand. Indeed, they are struggling to understand what any of it means. These verses we've just heard are pockmarked with all the wrong questions, aren't they? When did you get here, Jesus? What must we do? What sign will you give? They enjoyed the earlier miracle where Jesus filled their physical needs, but now they are wondering what to make that Jesus is offering something a little different, 
something a little more abstract. He's offering himself. Children's moments are hard ones when you're talking about the bread of life because they tell you developmentally kids can't quite make the connection between bread and what Jesus is talking about. But I'm not so sure adults can either. Right? These crowds, these crowds, they're not sure what to do with Jesus. They know that they're hungry, but they just can't quite figure out what they're hungry for. If you keep reading through the rest of chapter 6, you will find that the crowds soon devolve into a situation not unlike the Israelites in our Exodus reading. They begin to grumble, John tells us. They begin to have disputes amongst themselves, and then eventually they disperse. Even some of the disciples, John tells us, they begin to leave Jesus because they can't figure it out. Out. There's this pitiful question at the end of John chapter 6 where Jesus turns to the disciples who are remaining and he asks them, do you want to go as well? Imagine our Lord and Savior turning to you. Do you want to go as well? You know, a lot of times... I think we're not all that sure what we're hungry for either, are we? We spend our days seeking sustenance in all the wrong places. We feast on whatever gratifies our immediate desires. We consume ourselves in this see and be seen culture. We substitute the person beside us for the screen that's in front of us. We lap up the honey of politicians and pundits who preach only what we want to hear. We drink deep from this delusion that God only looks or thinks or votes like us. And yet at the end of each day, we find ourselves feeling just as empty as when we woke up that morning. It's not just us individually. In fact, I think it's the church of Jesus Christ as well. I don't know if you've been following the headlines, but they continue to be rather dismal for the church in America. You don't need me to give you the statistics. We all know the trend lines. They tend to point in only one direction, and that is down. And yet I can't help but wonder if the church is not a little to blame itself. After all, the church, especially in our culture and in our country, we have been awfully good over the years of asking all the wrong questions, of spending all of our free time erecting fences so that we can know precisely who is in and who is out. If you read enough, you'll find that there is plenty of grumbling and disputes and dispersing that happens in the church of Jesus Christ. And yet out there in the wings is Jesus himself saying over and over again, I am the bread of life. I am the sustenance that you seek. There was a ministry on the island this past week 
one that I've spoken of at least once before, one that our church was blessed to be able to support through a gift from our endowment this year. It's a ministry that is called Blue Skies. You may have read about it in the paper a few weeks ago. It's been around for a number of years now, and its mission is to share the love and the hope of Jesus Christ with families who have children with pediatric cancer. All they do is host a week of vacation. They don't ask anything of the families other than to pay their way there. Once they are where Blue Skies is happening, there is nothing else they have to do. A team, a phalanx really, of volunteers swoops in and they seek to give these families who have become so accustomed to living every hour of their day worrying, every hour of their day going to a doctor's appointment or waiting on a test result, Blue Skies just tries to give them a break. What's interesting, I've come to learn through the members of our congregation who have been involved with Blue Skies over the years is that oftentimes it's not even the child who is suffering from cancer who benefits the most from these weeks. Oftentimes it's the siblings. You can imagine how the sibling of a child with cancer is often not necessarily given all the attention. Understandably, the parents in these situations end up devoting almost every waking hour to providing for the needs of their sick child. And so when the family as a whole gets to have this break, there's a deep breath. There's new life. I was getting a few text messages from some of our church members who were volunteering with Blue Skies this past week when they came to St. Simon's for the first time ever. They normally host these trips on the panhandle of Florida, but this year they came to our community. And they were sharing stories about what they were doing. There was one five-year-old with leukemia who is in palliative care who all he wanted to do was fly in an airplane. And as it happens, one of the volunteers was a pilot, and so they went up in the airplane and they swooped low over the group at their outdoor dinner, and everyone waved as they flew by. A church member telling me this story said, you have never seen a happier kid in your life than when they landed and came and joined us for dinner. And then there was a picture of a young man named Nathaniel, Nathaniel, with his mother, I think, participated in the Blue Skies trip last week on the panhandle, or two weeks ago, rather, on the panhandle. And normally, you only are invited to come to one week at a time, but all Nathaniel wanted was to have a second week of Blue Skies. Nathaniel, too, was on hospice care, and they said, come on. And so there he was in that picture with a big smile and his mom's arm draped around him at a table in the arboretum or the, uh, the atrium, rather, of the casino down in the Pier Village just this last week. I was getting these pictures and hearing these stories and thinking to myself, what possesses someone to do this? Right? What causes someone to give up an entire week of their life, of their vacation from work, to, to come and to just serve, to clean rooms, to put out food on plates, to clean up after games and activities? But even more so, after that picture of Nathaniel, I was wondering to myself, 
what causes a young man who only has a little time more to say to himself, I want to spend one of my weeks with people who are strangers in a place that I've never been. You know, the only answer that I could land on was that it's good food. Right? And I'm not talking about the halyards or the CJs or the fuse or whatever they serve the groups throughout the week. I'm talking about the good food. The food that Jesus offers in his life. This abundance of compassion, of of love, of welcome, of service to others. The Messiah comes in the form of a servant. Good food. You know, that passage from Exodus feels so fitting after this last week. I know a lot of pastors who are about stretched to the max because they can't imagine having to go into this again. They thought they were almost into the promised land of a post-COVID church. And here we are feeling as if we're slipping back into it. So what more appropriate passage for people who are in the wilderness than to be reminded of those wilderness Israelites who in their own longing to be fed were provided manna from heaven. Jesus in this passage today, he is reminding us that he is our manna. The good food is this, that God's love goes with us in the wilderness. That in the anxiety parents might be feeling about sending kids back to school, and the worry that those who have pre-existing medical conditions might feel about coming to church, about the stress that we're all living under in our own individual circumstances, Jesus says to us, I am the bread of life. And if you need a reminder, if you need some evidence that that is true, Jesus says, look no further than this table. For this is the table where my love is made clearest. This is the table where each and every person is invited. This is the table where we can bring our stress and our hurt and our sickness. We can bring the unimaginable grief that life sometimes brings upon us. And God will say to each and every one, take, eat, for I am the bread And in me, you will never hunger, and you will never thirst. You will be sustained in the ways that nothing else in our lives can fully feed us. And then you will be sent out into the world to break bread with others and to share that love with each and every person you encounter along the way. This is the table where God's love is made known to us clearest. It's at this table, I think, that after we taste the bread and cup, 
We are filled in such a way that if Christ were to turn to us and ask, do you want to go as well? We might find the strength and the courage to answer, saying no. I think I'll stay a little longer. I am the bread of life. Whoever believes in me will never hunger. Whoever comes to me will never thirst. Thanks be to God for that good news. Amen. Amen.